Welcome to the Lunar Ceasefire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. Today is episode 70, and we will be talking about Coach Steven. I'm GC13. I'm Sophia. And I'm Mickey. I'm Dakota. I'm back. Yay. So we're back from our hiatus on retro episodes, just like there was a big hiatus between Rose's Room and Coach Steven. Dakota, were you here for that hiatus? GC, I've been here from the beginning. Okay, how how was that? That was a wait. Well, here's the thing. At that point in time, we had like 19 episodes, and Coach Steven was episode 20. And Steven was like shaping up to be an interesting show, but every episode, you know, they were dragging out the lore, and there's not much we knew. So unlike the current hiatus, you're not itching to know like what certain things mean. You're just like, well, that was an interesting show. I hope it comes back pretty soon. I remember yeah. that I was particularly excited because um, – I'm kind of mad at Nikki right now because she performed for a dictator recently and she was completely unapologetic about it. But I'm a huge Nikki fan. Like, I love her and she voiced Sugalite in this episode. So I was really excited about that. And looking back, this episode, I think, um, it watches a lot differently than it did when it first aired. You think so? Well, when it first aired, for one thing, I was excited about Nikki. I was excited about another fusion. Um, and I was just really excited that we were going to get another episode. I was also taking a... Um, a research methods class for because i'm a speech major so it was a communications class and i was writing a paper about this and instead of like you know honing into or being attuned to a lot of the lore in the show i was looking at the role that they were treating female coded characters like i was looking at how they were using them compared to other mainstream american animations both in the past and the present so like my focus was completely different but looking back this is really a pearl episode i mean like once the novelty of another fusion uh, wears off and once you realize that Nikki's probably not going to come back and reprise her role as Sugalite, you see a lot of differences with uh, Pearl, I think, in this episode because when we saw the answer, Garnet describes Pearl as her terrifying renegade Pearl and then we get this like subtext of like what real strength is and Pearl saying she's not strong enough to do anything. I also think it's interesting like the double meaning of I want to be your rock and that she literally wants to be Steven's rock because Pearls are something that are owned. I think that's going a little bit far. You know, it can, it can be argued, GC, that this entire podcast is taking it a little bit too far. That's true. Let's see how far we've come. <laughs> Let's see how far we've come. No, but that was like something that really stuck out to me when the song started. Because, I mean, when the episode first, like, the universe is notorious about this. Like, early on, sticking in little things that we would perceive as throwaway that are like really huge we were just excited because there was a song and nikki was voicing a character like i know everyone who liked nikki at the time they were waving like what if sugalite drops some kind of like sick verse what if she starts rapping like that would be the coolest thing ever i remember the anticipation oh what if we hear nikki sing and i I don't and then she didn't and yeah but still not a voice performance to be disappointed by oh by no means by no means oh yeah I didn't know it was Nicki. I didn't even recognize Nicki Minaj. Like, it, I, I didn't watch the episode for the first time and be like, Nicki Minaj. Like, I didn't know. And then I remember looking at the voice actor list later and be like, you're kidding oh, me. No. Like, it was just, it was no, great. No, they were hyping that up big time because Rebecca oh, Sugar yeah. is a huge Nicki Minaj fan. I heard. And I remember that, like, stuff was being posted on Nicki Minaj's website, Pink Friday, about it, like, in the first place. And, like, they had taken some fan art off of Divi and Sugalite, And it was cool. And I was just, like, super pumped about it. Yeah, I remember it aired in Korea first, the episode did, so we had uh, you know, just a, a 
phone picture of a TV with Sugalite on it, you know, when she's pointing her finger at Pearl. Well, we got the Comic-Con link, too, and then, like, that, the, the preview that they showed yeah. at Comic-Con was different than the actual episode. She yeah. even was, like, much more, like, reverent in the preview. I heard that this episode was the first after a hiatus, and then it was a preview day Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. It was the first Comic-Con that Steven Universe had, and it was for this episode. It's a good one to go on. Oh, yeah. Like, this episode, Coach Steven and So Many Birthdays, is really what hooked me into this show. Like, I think Coach Steven is really an episode that represents what Steven Universe is a lot. It's got fusion, it's got kind of, like, character development, but also, you know, internal problems. It's got, like, kind of messages about, you know, what what it means to be strong. It's got some singing. Yeah, I was like, don't forget that spontaneous singing and Oh, crying. yeah. Like, I remember the first time I watched this, Pearl started to sing. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Because I just, I, I'm the kind of person that really hates it when characters start, like, spontaneously singing. Because it just, it irks me. It feels out of character. But by the end of the song, I was super into it because Steven Universe really does it right. In the way how the characters sing, it feels really in character, the songs are really fun, they really add something to the episode. And how it kind of transitioned between Pearl and then Steven training, and how they kind of blended in at the end again. It's done so expertly, and it's not just characters singing because they can, because it's a kid's show. They're singing because it's really much part of what the show is. And that's what I love so much about it. And this is what really changed my mind about singing in shows, because I used to just be like, oh god, they're singing again. And now I'm just... I re- I'm really enjoying it, and I look forward to when they sing in the show. Were you in the fandom from the beginning, or at what point did you start like getting I into the show? I started in the aftermath after the first Steven Bomb, so about in March. Okay, so here's the thing about this episode. You, when you say that it perfectly describes what Steven is about, you are 100% correct. But at this point in time, no one would have known that. Like, I think about people who just like binge the entire first season – get up to current and then like experience our current hiatus and like at this point in time we knew almost nothing about this universe like i would never have guessed that the gems were aliens of all things or that they were trying to hollow out the earth seriously no not at this point not at this point yeah yeah i didn't know they were aliens until like space race people were wondering about that uh pretty pretty early yeah but based on some like the ama that rebecca sugar did she just said like this is an alternative version of earth with gems i was thinking that they were just like an ancient race found on earth and you know now i like the idea of like any sufficiently advanced technology is magic and they're not really magic they just have like really advanced technology but at this point in time i was just accepting okay magic shenanigans are at play and i wonder how the gems came about I mean, I just figured from the red eye being from another planet meant that the gems probably weren't from around here. That was that was my thought process. I mean, that's that's a really good point, but especially that being the second episode, it just wasn't even on my radar. Yeah, it's not even mentioned that the gems are aliens until the return. I mean, you know, obviously by space oh, no. race. Yeah, by space race, they make it pretty clear if they're if the gems have planets all around the universe. Well, maybe I think Beach City Horror Club, you do have Ronaldo kind of being the... Did he even... Did he say they were aliens? Like, directly? No, you're, you're thinking of... Not Beach City called? Horror Club. Um, Keep, Keep Beach City, City weird. weird. Yeah. Did he directly mention that they were aliens? Because I, I do think he said they were from space. That was after the big reveal, though. No, 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 no. This was before the that return. That was season one. Keep Beach City weird? Was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm thinking of rising tides, crashing skies. Um, I yeah. think he hints at it, but like I, I don't even read that because I mean he said they're here to hollow out the earth, so that means they're here on Earth to hollow it out. There's an assumed they're aliens in there, I think, but he doesn't actually say it. That's fair. That's fair. I, I do like how the show did it, though. I do like how they kind of eased us into the idea and like how it didn't come off right at the beginning like oh this is gonna be a heavy lore show with really heavy themes and deep like character development like it came off in the beginning is so light-hearted and it sort of started hitting us with the lore and with the characters and i love it that's one thing that made this show so much fun because when i first started watching it i just wanted something to watch and so i just decided that i'm committed to it no matter what i'm just gonna start watching it and every time I would try and get someone involved in it, they were like, well, this show seems like it's stupid. Like, it's a rip off of Adventure Time. And, like, you even had a lot of people on the internet saying the same thing. Like, this show is stupid. I don't want to, like, invest time in it. Like, one of the, my favorite YouTubers, Pan Pizza, Rebel Taxi, he does, like, a lot of videos about cartoons. When he first previewed it, when the show was really young, he said that it was stupid. She didn't know why Rebecca Sugar left to come work on this. And now he's all about it. So I think, like, we saw like that slow lore build up that was something that everyone was like a fan of that's something that everyone was excited about yeah absolutely and i think like that kind of strategy was really smart because they waited until you wanted to know more about the characters before you they told you more about them and i mean to this point we're two and a half season no we're a season and a half in and we still don't know everything about the characters it feels so much more organic that way because that's how you know about people yeah. in real life. Absolutely. And they don't just hit us right off the beginning with like it's like the the like some shows will have the backstories of the characters in the theme song. And here we just got uh, Garnet's yeah. actual backstory. We finally got that and it's we just <laughs> Well, we got Purple Puma's backstory in his introductory episode. Yeah, but Purple Puma isn't a real gem. Ah. Uh. Doesn't even fight like a real gem warrior. Take it like a gem. I think my favorite part of this episode, out of an episode that I liked a lot of parts of, was the end. The end scene. Pearl just, getting all gung ho. Yeah, how she like and and I was and I remember being like kind of touched how she was really worried about them. Like she got the crap beaten out of her, and then like they poof, and she's like, "Are you guys okay?" And then hugs them, and I'm like, "Aw." Like I get I got a little touched, and then Pearl goes off in like her rant. It's like, "Yeah, who wants to do a mission?" And how the characters are kind of like confused, and Steven's like, you know, going it with the megaphone because just a megaphone is. A power with a lot of responsibility. Responsibility that you don't always want to give up. This episode had so many funny moments. You talked about people being confused. I'm just thinking of their reaction to Steven going into four-wheel drive. And I'm just reminded of from the episode Reformed. I don't understand anything anymore. That seemed to be what all three of them were thinking. <laughs> no, my favorite joke in this episode was um, Greg. It's like, hey, Pearl, want to see some buff studs? And she just like looks down and then up again. She's like, no. And then leaves. And I'm just like, Yeah, that's, a, that's ice cold, Pearl. And then the excellent joke of, um, I like how Steven just already assumed that Sadie and Lars were married. Or at least we're going to get <laughs> married. You won't have to do starve to death when Sadie divorces you. You see, Steven sees what Lars and Sadie do not. Well, maybe He sees what that Lars they're going to get not. together and then break up again. Maybe it's foreshadowing. 
Yeah. Maybe that's what's going to happen in the show. So you, Sadie and Lars Shippers, they will get together, but they'll break up again. I don't ship late Sadie and Lars. Like, she's too good for him. Lars yeah, Lars, Lars needs to undergo a lot of character development before he's worthy of Sadie. Maybe Jenny. I think Jenny would be more right for him. Oh, I thought you mean like Jenny would be more right for Sadie, and I'm like, well, I mean, they, the show's already pretty pro-lesbian, so. Nah, let's see here. Of the of the boys in Beach City, uh, doesn't that really limit us to... I still ship... No, I ship Sadie and Ronaldo. Ah, yeah. I'm... No! You Ronaldo hush. is not a real character. He's a tool that the show uses to be super duper meta. Yeah, yeah, but can you imagine like them using that like the super duper meta-ness as a metaphor for fusion in the future about fusion being about true love? Okay, fine. But How Sadie's meta would a real that be? character. Sadie's a real character with real traits and real flaws. Now there can be an episode where where Sadie gets onto Ronaldo's shoulders and they put on an oversized trench coat and fight ah! a gem warrior. Ronaldo's already really <gasps> with Sadie, he'll be super strong like Sugalite. Or they do a three-legged race. Oh, but Pierre would show up and dominate him. Okay, no, um... <laughs> I think Sadie has very limited options on who she can do three-legged races with because she's very short and you want to match yeah, up she's basically legs. stuck with Steve in her three-legged racing. Or Amethyst. Or Amethyst. They both have stubby legs. Yeah. Or Peridot. Maybe Lapis. I'm not counting full gems. But speaking of the fusions, I really like the design on Sugalite. Yes. My favorite is still Opal, just, you know, for, I mean, Sardonyx may say she's elegant, but Opal is actually Opal's elegant. Fave. That's very Opal. true. Opal's design is, is by far the prettiest of any of the fusions, which is saying something, since Garnet. No, Stevani. I like Stevani's. I love Stevani's character, but her design is not nearly as good as Opal's. Opal's design yeah. is just like such an amazing synthesis of Stavani, pearl and Yeah, Stevani looks like a good human. Opal looks like a good fusion. Yeah, Sugalite communicates raw power just like Opal communicates mysticism. And I'm really underwhelmed by Sardonyx. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't like Sardonyx that much. I thought she was kind of annoying. She's a funny character. She's ah. a funny character, but... Her jokes fell flat for me. I was just disappointed when everyone was saying that her voice actor was going to be MIA and then it wasn't. Or no, everyone was saying that her voice actress was going to be Janelle Monae, and then it wasn't. And, and there's just no going back from that, thinking that Janelle Monae is going to voice a gem, and then getting some Broadway actress, which, you know, she did a great job, but... Yeah, her voice fit the character very well, but I didn't like the character that much anyway. Mostly, I just like the, the fusions that take themselves seriously, so that's why Sardonyx and I have a problem. Yeah. And then Rainbow Quartz is absurdly short, considering... You know, the the other fusions we've seen. I think Pearl fusions are kind of lacking. Like but her you would with... think that she would be at least as tall as Opal, probably taller. I still that's think still, yeah, that... That's still, yeah, that's I still think that Alexandrite is shorter than Sugalite. I no. no, I definitely do. I definitely do. Because Sugalite is just raw power, but I think Pearl brings it in again, like a, a little bit. And that yeah. Alexandrite is definitely a more powerful gem, but it's not just like pure physical power. Like there's a lot of tactician um, nary elements that Pearl brings to the table. Remember, Pearl and Sukalite, if they wanted, could fuse together to form Alexandrite. 
and I think that they would shrink just a teeny bit. I, I don't I don't see that happening. I'm pretty okay, sure. Okay, um, I'd like to see the uh, animation. Like I'd want to see Pearl try and fuse with Sugalite. That would be funny. Sugalite would probably have to pick her up in her hands. Yeah, like Garnet could chuck Pearl in the air to fuse. I mean, this would be something else. Like, how high would Pearl go? Would she just, like, hit the moon, jump she'd off? She'd go into like... orbit. No, no, no. She'd pick her up and she'd put her on her shoulders and Pearl would spin across her shoulders like a ballerina while Zugalite pretended she was a basketball player doing fancy stuff with the basketball. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ah, that would be amazing. Or Pearl would grab her ankles and Zugalite would spin her around her finger. <laughs> yeah, Zugalite and Pearl need to bury that hatchet. Yeah, speaking of Sugalite and Pearl, when they're in their fight scene, Pearl floating has mm-hmm. yet to be that's that like cannot be just an like animation liberties. Like that that's a few solid seconds. They explained that and it could have been great. I think they do because like Paradot mentions that they are a uh, space-faring species and that their body oh. mass can automatically adjust adjust. So I think what they do is they make it so that they're going to be lighter than Earth's gravity if they want to, so that they can float. I mean, because we've seen yeah. Rose do the same thing. We've seen Rose float and hover. Pearl didn't jump in this episode, and it might just have been an animation thing. She, like, shot off the ground. Like, there was no movement in her her knees. There was no movement in her joints of her jumping. She just kind of, like, launched off the ground. Really, this is a str- this is a pointless thing to be talking about when we have Pearl going toe-to-toe with somebody she knows is far stronger than her. And Pearl had full confidence. No, no, no. Okay. So Pearl started fighting kind of out of like that stubbornness because, you know, she was, you know, mad at Steven and mad at Sugalite. So she fought Sugalite head on. But the whole point of Strong in the Real Way was that, you know, toe to toe fisticuffs, whoever, like, that's not always how you be strong. Like, the way Pearl beat Sugalite was running up the hill and then having Sugalite's weapon take her out. So it was was kind of like wit and strategy. Right. Not so much just head-on fighting, because when you're tiny little Pearl up against Sugalite, you're not going to win with f- brute force, even if you can jump up to the level of knocking the glasses off her face. I don't know. The answer, Pearl, maybe. Yeah. So, like, what happened between the answer and this episode? Well, I think the answer is just the terrifying renegade Pearl, because... What happened to that Pearl, though? Pearls were thought, pearls th- were thought to be so useless... And someone said something like the reason Pearl was so terrifying was that it's the equivalent of a coat rack taking up arms and killing people. <laughs> like, Pearl is a basically like a Roomba. She, like, they don't, like, or, or, or just like an operator. Like, they're not, like, they're never... I don't know about that. Like, if my, if, like, our vacuum cleaner just started, like, acting on its own and, like, sucking stuff up and attacking me, that would be really scary. <laughs> But <laughs> I'm I'm thinking of that one vine of this guy who's like running screaming from a vacuum cleaner and throwing a pillow. But she at knocked it. out two Jaspers. She knocked out two Jaspers just like that, and those are trained warriors. Like they were literally born to fight. Yeah, and Garnet couldn't take out Jasper, so or at least not initially. Yeah, they they weren't caught unawares. They were they were moving in to attack her. They saw her moving. They just couldn't block anything like she was that good i think that definitely strategy comes into play but there was a physical element of skill that pearl has that contributed to her being able to be as powerful and terrifying as she was and i think that's why she was going against sugalite with an apparent expectation of success 
don't know, maybe maybe 5,000 years of peace makes you grow a little soft. Because, you know, gem monsters. Also the loss of, like, your loved one, like the lady that you just wanted to die for. Yeah. Truth. I guess we're coming towards the end of the episode, though. I do want to say, Stephen got hit in the head by a pretty big Yeah, rock. it's like the yes. size of his head, and it, like, hits him full in the face, and he gets this tiny little scratch. Do you think his healing abilities had anything to do with that? I think they might. I don't think- he wasn't even hurt Because there was the barely moment. a nit. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. even hurt at the moment. It's not healing, it's just he didn't take damage. Hmm. When you're a tank. Well, Quartz- Rose Quartz was a very defensive gem, so maybe yeah, she just so has thingy. like a high base defense. Like- Strong little boy. Remember how far he threw that pillow? Pearl, like, kicking a rock in half? That was pretty hardcore. Well, she didn't break it in half, she just- kicked it away oh, just she casual. just kicked like a you know two-ton boulder out of yeah, the way casual kick eh. steven kicked it with the bottom of his foot like the pillar and a little fleck of the pillar came off and then when amethyst started like punching it oh you guys are talking about something else entirely yeah the pillar yeah, might be when made out of it's already doing her demolition work that's true pearl's deflecting debris away from steven and a very big rock comes flying at him and she just boom kicks it we want to think that Pearl isn't super strong because she's so dainty, but like... She's still a gem. Isn't that her entire character? She's got this ridiculous amount of strength. Even if she's weak for a gem, she is a yeah, gem. Yeah, and I mean, remember in um, Keep Beach City Weird, Ronaldo punched Pearl's open hand. She didn't flinch and his like, hand hurt. Oh. That's a great moment, too, where it's just like, you look at the raw power that these things have. Like, a Pearl, the kind, the least likely gem to fight is massively strong and that might be because she trained like i'm still not entirely sure of the idea like gems can change their base stats quote unquote like can they make themselves stronger like we can essentially i don't think so because it's it would be like your car training to become stronger you'd have to replace the engine and her pearl her gem the thing that makes her her is her engine i like that idea I think it's just using different tools differently. Like, if you were to hit, um, I don't know, something with, like, a really, something that's really hard directly and, like, strategically, you would break it, right? But, like, you hear stories about, like, really big hurricanes or tornadoes moving through a town, and, like, a straw gets lodged into a tree. So, like, I don't know if I'm making any sense here, but, like, using different tools differently gives them different strengths, right? Yeah, but I will say this. If Ronaldo had busted out his psychic ghost powers, you know, I think the series would have gone very differently. Probably, but I kind of like the CGs. Rather than yeah, the... Crystal Gem's pretty good. But, you know, Ronaldo can save the world, too. Just, just so we're all clear on that. I believe he can save the world. I, I would be perfectly fine if Ronaldo never showed up in a future episode. Ronaldo is my homeboy. He No, no, Ronaldo is my spirit animal. His prophecy came true. Everything about it happened. We don't need him anymore. He's run his course. He's done. He hasn't become a galactic <sighs> diplomat yet. Anyway, that was us on Coach Steven. We will see you next week. Until then, I'm GC13. I'm Sophia. I'm Dakota. Leave us a review on iTunes. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.